Are you all ready? I'm ready. ready. Let's go. Gone with the Bushes is taking you to Brooklyn, New York for the movie Crooklyn. This is the story of the Carmichael family as they experience one very special summer (laughs) in the Brooklyn neighborhood they have affectionately nicknamed Crooklyn. The particulars, please. Yes, Crooklyn. It came out May 13th, 1994. It was produced and directed by Spike Lee, who also did Do the Right Thing, Mo Better Blues, Jungle Fever, Malcolm X, and then he did Crooklyn, and then after Crooklyn's followed up with Clockers, Four Little Girls, Inside Man, Black Klansman, and The Five Bloods, just to name a few. But yeah, that run-up, so he did Do the Right Thing, Mo Better Blues, Jungle Fever, Malcolm X, and Crooklyn. Right. So the movie right before this was Malcolm X. I, I, I heard, nerd alert, that he... Kind of wanted to go to something lighter after he had done Malcolm X. Mm. Yeah. So this is lighter? <laughs> Very, uh, yeah. Malcolm X is, yeah. We'll do Malcolm X at some point, but yeah. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Screenplay by Spike Lee and his sister. Oh, man. I had it yesterday. Joie. Susanna Lee, who also helped with do the right thing and she acted in she's gotta have it school days and mo better blues and his brother sneak lee who also was in school days old boy mystery chain and coffee and cigarettes as an actor the story is by joie Susanna lee music is by terrence blanchard he also did malcolm x the inkwell four little girls love and basketball Barbershop, Red Tails, Black Klansman, Harriet, and most recently, The the Five Bloods. I have a question. When you say music by, that means he he was a music coordinator. He coordinated all the music. He didn't write all the music that is in this. No, he did the score. The the instrumental. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Thank you. The director of photography. Good question. Good question. That 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 person that you're talking about is the music supervisor. Music supervisor. The ones that uh-huh. because they have to. The director or whoever will be like, hey, I want this this song in my film. Right. And then there's a thing called clearance, and they have He's to. He's got to go get the rights and get the rights and payment. I think that one of the reasons the soundtrack is so freaking good is because he had just made Malcolm X. And he was Spike Lee. And if you're, he's probably friends with a lot of the, or he know, like, you know, he's got juice now to be like. Right. Well, he, he also said that it just was not as expensive to have songs in your film. Yeah. Like it wasn't as expensive as it is now. So oh. he just picked all the songs that he liked and grew up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, The director of photography, Arthur Jaffa. He also did Daughters of the Dust, Shadows of Liberty, Don't Touch My Hair. Edited by Barry Alexander Brown, who also cut up Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, Inside Man, and Black Klansman. Starring national treasure, Alfre Woodard. Yes. As Caroline Carmichael. I guess it's Carolyn Carmichael. Carolyn, yeah, Carolyn. She was also in For Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide, where the rainbow is enough, Scrooged, 
Grand Canyon, Blue Chips, Love and Basketball, The Core, Clemency, Juanita. She was in so much TV. She was in yeah. Hill Street Blues, St. Elsewhere, L.A. Law, Desperate Housewives, and Grey's Anatomy, just to name a few. Just to mm. name a few. I mean, National Treasure. Also, National Treasure, Delroy Lindo, who exactly. played Woody Carmichael. Did you know he was born in London? As a no. teen, he moved to Canada. And when he was 16, he moved to San Francisco. Did not know yeah. that. He was in Malcolm X, Blood In, Blood Out, Clockers, Ransom, A Life Less Ordinary, Gone in 60 Seconds. Most recently, he is marvelously fantastic in The Five Bloods. And on CBS's All Access, The Good Fight. The Good Fight. So good. Zelda Harris as Troy. She was in The Babysitter's Club and He Got Game. And then her brothers as Clinton was Carlton Williams. Wendell was Sharif Rashid. Nate was Chris Knowings. And he was also in the Nickelodeon series Tanya. Tanya. T-A-I-N-A. Thought maybe somebody younger Never would know. Never heard of that. Um, he was in Law & Order, New York Undercover, 100 Central Street. And since 2006, he has been Chris Robinson in Sesame Street. Oh. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nerd alert. Yes. They wanted, like, the kids is, like, they were talking about how the kids were like the hardest part to cast. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, went to the public schools to like find some of the kids. To... Oh my gosh. Interesting. I love that. And as little Joseph was to Mac Washington, to Mac Washington, he was little Joseph. We have David Patrick Kelly as Tony eyes. He was in the warriors wild at heart. Twin Peaks and The Blacklist and a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm. Jose Zaniga, he was in, he was, um, I forget what his character's name was. He was the one that sang on the stoop and looked He's after their the house. He's not the other Tony. Um, yeah, maybe. Oh. Yeah. There was another Tony. Yeah. It, yeah, it was him. Tony Lala, I think. Something yes, like that. Yes, yes. Um, Money Train, cool. Ransom, Con Air, Law and Order, How to Get Away with Murder. He's just one of those, like, I saw his face and I'm like, I don't know his name, but he's been in so many things. Right. Isaiah Washington was Vic Powell. Yep. He was in Clockers, Girl 6, Get on the Bus, Grey's Anatomy, The 100. Mm -hmm. Big Who? His name was Big Something? Vic Powell? Vic. Oh, was Isaiah it? Washington? Yeah, but they called him, okay. Big Vic or something Vic? Probably. That. Okay, they had a nickname for him. Yeah. Frances Foster was Aunt Song. She was Vera on Guiding Light. She was in Malcolm X and Clockers. Bondi Curtis Hall was Uncle Brown. He's in Coming to America, Passion Fish, Gridlock, Eve's Bayou, Harriet, a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Uh, Bokeem Woodbind, he, I saw him briefly. He was Richard. He was a kid on the stoop. This was his second film. I was like, that looks like Bokeem Woodbind. And yep, it was. He was also in Dead Presidents, The Big Hit, Black Dynamite, Queen and Slim, 
Fargo, he was fantastic in his season of Fargo, and Wu-Tang and American Saga, to name a few. Wow. And in a scene-stealing cameo as Connie the Bodega Woman, mm-hmm. Paul. My favorite scene. I Did you know she was in this? No, not until I saw it. And then I was like, I don't want to be like, that's RuPaul. Yeah. I, but then we were sitting there and Adam was like, that's RuPaul, right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I was like, yes. I was, okay. I was like, wow, that looks a lot like RuPaul. And then I'm like. Yeah, that's kind of like RuPaul's prime. Like, yes. Yeah. Wow. First one, you know. So those are my particulars. Well done. Well, we start Crooklyn. Uh, it's summer in Brooklyn. Uh, we have three young boys racing. Then we see hopscotch, dominoes, blowing bubbles, jumping rope, balsa wood planes, um, and signs that say a clean neighborhood is up to you. And then we have Delroy blowing his horn. He is Woody in this, the dad. Um, and the horn means it's time for dinner. And he's making lemonade with more sugar than your grandmommy puts in tea. Oh, that's a lot. So we have five kids in the house, one girl and four boys, a mom and a dad. And they, they are fussing all the time. The whole family's fussing. And they do their prayer. They're eating black-eyed peas. Ooh. and the plate she made oh my god so much food yeah. on those plates so yeah much so food. Much for one person so many black-eyed peas mm. and potatoes and chicken and biscuits and string beans and um the mama says one of the boys eats like a pig and chews like a cow everybody keeps fussing and she <laughs> says the uh, kitchen better be clean when i come home then I have white dude, and I have quotation marks around plays the piano and sings. Yeah, because he was the neighbor. He makes a racket. He's on town. He's I forget what song he was singing. He was just butchering. Well, he some wasn't song. really singing. He was yeah, yeah. And he instead of the cat lady, he's the dog dude. Because he has tons of dogs in that apartment. But they they allude that he doesn't like go out and walk them ever. And no, it's his. Yeah, and as someone who just lived above an apartment with six yappy dogs, that that that's terrible. Yeah, and they call him a derogatory term, meaning that he is a a gay male. The F word. Yeah, lots of the F word in this. It was like twice. think it was only twice seemed like more um everybody's watching tv and the little girl her name was troy gets up in the it was like she was sleepwalking sort of she gets up in the middle of the night walking goes into the boys room and, and pees on the floor and then somebody wakes up i i never could figure out which boy was who but and and they go, you better clean that up. And then it's like she's awake. I think it was Wendell. Um, Mom gets the kids up to clean the kitchen because she told them, when I get home, the kitchen better be clean. And it wasn't. So she got all of their asses out of bed and said, get in there and clean that kitchen. 
She says, I'll slap the black off of you. <laughs> and in the background, it's uh, signed, sealed, delivered. Stevie Wonder, I believe. She says, the fun of the five of you run me stark raving mad. Then we learn Clinton is the oldest. He's the one with the glasses, correct? Yeah, he's obsessed with the Knicks. He's, I think he's Spike Lee. And he says, I'd rather have a father than a mother any day. Apparently it's foreshadowing. Yes. <laughs> the little girl's in bed. And the mom goes in and says, you're going to spend some time in Virginia with your cousins when school is out. I feel like that's a kind of a thing because Aaron had to spend time away from me one summer. I wasn't happy about it. Then Adam had to go spend time away from me. I, Spike Lee, I said, he was talking about how everybody had to, he was like, that was just like the thing in New York. You would go down south for the summer and yeah, stay with your relatives. Because And they alluded to it because his parents grew up at least his dad i think his mom did too but his dad definitely grew up in the south and it's that thing of wanting he wanted his kids to have that experience because all his kids see is the no nature you know it's new york concrete yeah. jungle he wanted them to go down south and think and that would happen i mean that's what, that's why Emmett Till was down south. He was from Chicago. He was down south for the summer. To and the mom has that. to teach summer school, and she doesn't want Troy to be just running rampant with her brothers all summer long. Uh, so next scene, we see Troy. I did love me some Troy. Mm -hmm. She was great. She's eating tricks in bed watching cartoons. Now, it's my understanding this TV was in Troy's bedroom. Yeah, it seemed like yeah. it was in her room. Yeah. And so um, the mom is at work. Two brothers come in. They take the cereal. Everybody fights. Then we see two dudes sniffing glue. And they are high. It was wow. Snuffy and right-hand man. That's a rough way to get high. How much glue would you have to sniff to get high? Well, and no. they had the whole white ring around their mouth. Yeah, have yeah, you ever done it? Glue. I have not sniffed glue. I have not done it intentionally. I went through a, a model airplane phase. And I okay. was like, when people, when I found out that people got high from sniffing glue, I was like, I could believe it. That is a powerful aroma that did make you my head feel weird. In the middle, in the sixth grade, I was sniffing whiteout, <laughs> whiteout or a sharpie, and my not to get high. I just like the smell. <laughs> and my teacher, my teacher came up to me and was like, "You cannot do that. You're not allowed to do." That. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was doing at my desk, I guess. Oh my god, I'd love that. You're just getting um, high in school. They're just like, no, say no to drugs. This is dare. You're in dare oh class. Give me a sharpie. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get picked for dare camp, so <laughs> you had to get love picked. Me the out. <laughs> okay. Uh, they were like that, Mabes. No, <laughs> she's a lost cause. Yeah. No, not Mabes. <laughs> 
Okay, on the stoop, there's a Puerto Rican man, and he throws bottles at the uh, Tony. What's his name? Eyes. Tony. Tony, the big guy with the bad eyes and the dogs. Yeah. Uh, throws bottles at his apartment. There are boys on the stoop. There are uh, girls on another stoop. At this point, some boys get a cat. I mean. And they start swinging the cat by, by its, its tail. tail. Oh, I hope someone has that down in bad reheatables because it definitely oh, goes. I, yeah. And okay. throw it at the girls. Who are doing double dutch, right? Uh, I mean, I said jumping rope, but that does not do justice. Well, I just also loved the whole scene before that when all the girls were on the stoop. And they were like arguing. It was like the black girls, and then she was like, uh, "I think she was Puerto Rican." Yeah, I yeah, think she, she was, was Puerto Rican. Rican. And they were like, "I, I felt," you know, they were like talking about how she has good hair, or whatever. And then they got in a fight. Also, one of the girls was just eating like a full tomato. Yes. Um, like biting into it, with- like you would eat an apple or yeah. Or Technically, yeah. it is a fruit. But I liked how they were all just like fighting, and then one of them was like, "You, you guys want to do some jump rope?" And they were like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> okay. Then we see the two high guys, the sniffers, trying to get money from all the kids. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> now we're back at home, and Nate. We don't see much in Nate, but this one, Nate, does not like black-eyed beats. No, he hates And them. his mama put like three-fourths of the well, plate. That was like black four servings, yeah. Yeah, but it looked good. It was all the <laughs> black-eyed peas, but he doesn't like them. He doesn't like the consistency. And I'm just sitting there going like, I bet those are delicious. He has I no know. idea. Yeah, but if you don't like them, you don't like them. It could be a texture thing. I'm totally with Nate on this. He said it was my a texture mother thing. to set the timer for me to finish my plate of food for dinner. Things you never had to do for your children. <laughs> because your dinners had some flavor to them. Not always, but I'm just saying yeah. I... It, I'm not going to complain. They, they were good. They It wasn't... Uh, you know, like Martha Stewart or anything, every, any evening. But it was the basics. It got the job done. Well, as a person who has been told you have to finish this food that's on your plate, and, and it just is disgusting to you, it's really hard to do that. So I'm just saying. I remember my neighbor. I went to eat at my neighbor's house. And keep my mother did not serve me anything green except for like salad and cucumbers, like lettuce, cucumbers, and green bell peppers was the only thing green I'd ever seen. And she made me try a green bean. And I think I'm pretty sure it was from a can and it was the most disgusting thing I'd ever tasted. And she was like, I'm not going to give you anything else until you try a green bean. (gasps) See, Meg Moore. Disgusting. Why do people do that? That's so rude. I'm not your kid. Yeah, you're a guest. If anything, you get to have the ice cream for dinner. Right. And it's it's it becomes a power struggle. That's all it is. Okay. Well, dad comes in with Entenmann's pound cake 
and ice cream. Mm. And mom says, you have to finish that plate of black eyed peas before you can have your share of Entenmann's pound cake and ice cream. I later had a, a dream that Entenmann's was a sponsor of this movie. <laughs> I love, well, I will just say Entenmann's. I do hope that your products are not made with prison labor. And I, I love your raspberry Danish. Yes, your raspberry. I grew up, up on those chocolate donuts. The Intimates, uh, regular white donuts with chocolate frosting. Babs loves those. Oh, I love those. Well, and then the dog comes and takes the cake from one dude. So dad gives the piece that was supposed to be saved for Nate when he finished those freaking black eyed peas. And, okay. It was a whole thing that was just wrong. Okay. So Nate ends up puking in his plate because that's what happens when you force somebody to eat something that's disgusting to them. And thankfully she did not make him re-eat it. No. <laughs> Well, one of my it. favorite quotables before he threw up on them was she just yelled, lost it and yelled at him, eat the peas! <laughs> at least she didn't say eat the fucking peas. Okay. And then we have one boy throwing trash at um, I believe Tony, that was Wendell. Tony uh, Google, Googly Eyes house and yelling that your, do your house smells of dog shit. And you're a sorry excuse for a man. A huge yelling match happens. Isaiah Washington comes down to try to ease all of this. He ends up punching the um, guy with the dog shit house. And then, okay. Now we're at the bodega. And I have woman slash man dancing. I believe that's, did she, well, I don't know. This is RuPaul. I know it's RuPaul, but I don't know if they care. I d right. Um, it's nighttime. The little girl, Troy, is buying tons of candy. Um, and she's just watching this dance take place in the bodega. Because it is quite a performance. <laughs> it is. Then she goes home and sees flashing lights, and the police are arresting Isaiah Washington. Uh, somebody calls the little girl an evil flat-chested wench. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was rude. Uh, the Partridge family is on TV, and the kids are singing along. Well, no. <laughs> I think I love you. It's, um, it's Troy and Joseph, the two young, the youngest in her, because they get made fun of. And that youngest get... boy was so cute. Yeah, yeah. he had the, his little belly was like Adam's belly. When he, I was just <laughs> like, he was just all belly. Like, how does this little kid have such a big belly? Yeah. And then turn out to not have one at all. And the mom is yelling from the bedroom. Is that TV on? Um, okay. Then we, because she doesn't want the TV on on school nights. We go back to the bodega and the, Puerto Rican girl shoplifts something and Troy tries to shoplift potato chips come on and gets busted and um, the guy comes over she says I don't have any money um, and the Puerto Rican girl tells her next time steal something easier 
Okay, I wrote boys watching. I wrote the boys were watching. <laughs> boys were watching. Okay, we have dad on the piano. And the mom comes in. She's trying to do the family finances. I know what that's like. And she says he's bounced another check. And this goes into a, a fight, which most married couples have fights about finances. And all dad wants to do is make his music. And um, she says, music's not bringing any money into this house. And he goes, I got to do the music my way. They argue. And he says, why won't you let me concentrate on my music? Uh, she says, all I ask is that you write down when you spend money. I mean, she, I'm bringing she, the money into the house. She couldn't have been any more understanding about him writing checks that they don't and have. She was I, like, it's fine. Just like, let me know when you're going to write a check. But it was obviously a very sore subject for him and then yeah. she said like all right then, well i'm just gonna separate our finances so that then she just has control of that checking account and, right like that's and how you she'll solve the problem yeah the lack of money you're bringing into the house that's a great idea as this is going on <laughs> troy is trying to make boobs with toilet paper the whole house is yelling then we have a physical fight on the steps. Um, Dad says, I want all I what I want is respect of my work in this house. And she's had it. She says, I want you out of this house. So Woody's brother is, is gonna come and get him, Uncle Brown. Uh, then Troy, evidently, this kind of happens frequently. And the next morning, Troy will bring breakfast to mom in bed. And she had on a totally 70s crocheted vest. Oh, yeah. I remember those. They look very itchy. Um, not if it's done with cotton yarn. Okay, Woody is on the stoop. He's bringing flowers. Uh, he talks to Troy. He apologizes. Um for how he behaved the night before. All daddy wants to do is play his music. And Troy goes, well, maybe I should play other people's music because she's the wise one. Why don't you play the ones that pay? Yeah. And then Troy says, I think you should take mom out on a date. She goes up and gives the roses to mom. Then she goes into her brother's room and he has a coin collection with... This bitch. I cannot believe it. Yeah, because he has, uh, what are they the called? Buffalo the nickels, nickels, right? Nickels, which is a racist term, but. Really? Buffalo nickels? Not because... buffalo nickels, the Indian head ones. Oh. But she was stealing all of those from him so she could go and buy more candy for herself. Uh, oh, actually, it's ice cream this time. And she stole Clinton's tickets to the Knicks game with the Celtics. So he realizes she's stolen him. There's another whole fight going on. Well, he Kids does he does come by and the ice cream that she bought with the, what she stole from him and he didn't know. He comes by unknowing and just slaps the ice cream out of her hand. Yeah, but he kind of had it coming to him. Yeah, she went so through then, a lot. 
that's kind yeah. of hilarious because it's like, well, you just slapped that out of her hand, but she used it to. Remember. Yeah, like she's sick and tired of his shit. Exactly. It, yeah, but those nickels were worth a whole lot more than that ice cream. Okay. Uh, then mom is talking to Troy. Don't Did want you take no stuff. Nick- don't start no stuff. They all were having stuff with each other, though. They said horrible things to each other. I hate you. I never want to see you again. You know, the things that siblings say to each other. So at this point, mom sends her to the store uh, with food stamps. So she goes in. She puts some meat up her shirt, which isn't going to work. Put it down your back. Right. Right. I mean, there are people who know how to do this. Who are and you she, people? Oh, I had a friend in college. She was skinny, skinny. She could walk out of a store, IGA, with a full meal in her pants. Damn. Yeah. Really good steaks and potatoes. Okay. Then we see... Uh, Troy pours hot water on a boil. I'm sorry, did you say steaks and potatoes in her pants? Yeah, yeah, she did. Okay. Yeah, she could walk out with all of that. Again, teeny, nothing green. (laughs) Oh, spoil in there. (laughs) I could go further, but I'm choosing to respect our listeners. Then we see Troy. Now, I have a question about this scene. Mm Mm-hmm. Was she sleepwalking? Did this really happen or was this a dream? Which part was this? When she appears to be sleepwalking and the two glue sniffers get her and Oh, put, that was a dream. Yeah. Put the bag over her face. You because didn't think the, that she then just started flying above the street? Right. But the next scene she's like sweating in bed. It's like she's sick. Yeah, she was like she, I sweat in bed like that. I do too. Every Okay. I woke up the other day. My shirt was soaking wet. I've been like lately the way I've positioned my fan. I have not, and I've been on just the under the one bamboo sheet. I've been pretty cool, but yeah. I mean, the beginning of this whole pandemic thing. Yeah, I was just sweating through everything. Especially when I'm stressed. Yeah, and there are times when I have to take my cotton t-shirt and put it up under my boobs so they don't touch the, the fat underneath so <laughs> the sweat isn't worse i know yeah. that feeling well yeah. i have to, it's the reason i have to wear a moisture wick shirt an athletic shirt to sleep in so it just yeah we, when we were watching this i'm pretty sure during that scene i was like oh that's how i wake up yes. yeah yeah no. <laughs> okay she's sweating in bed daddy's home he has prepared breakfast. And they all complain uh, they, about it. <laughs> and they're all getting ready to go in a car and go on a little adventure. Not so fast. <laughs> but the electricity has been shut off. Con it. Yeah. So Woody has to tell Isaiah Washington in his latest squeeze that, oh, there aren't any lights, but you still have gas uh, and you still have water. And Isaiah Washington was a war vet, so he's kind of got, he's afraid of the dark. So this isn't going to work out well for him. He was like, look, I, and he knew enough to know that he, he knew that he had PTSD before, 
I don't know. I think like a lot of people like knew. I think he, he didn't even know what it was, but he knew what it was because he right. had his whole routine and he was like, I need the he's like, I need electricity. I need lights for my routine. I have this whole thing. So you could just tell he was just hanging on. He was twitching by a thread. But, yeah. And by by his latest squeeze, I mean, she's the one who had given them the food stamps. Yeah, exactly. She and knew she, they were short on money. So she'd been giving them food stamps to get by. She's saying, we're not going to pay rent until we have electricity. And Woody's like, you aren't even a tenant here. Okay, it got, okay. But she kind of um, was. So I think yeah. she was more than a latest squeeze. I think that I thought more was going to happen with Vic. I thought he might actually have a, a, a traumatic event. But it has been an hour. Mm-hmm. So I stopped taking notes. All right. Well, that is Crooklyn. So we're about to spoil it for you. Yeah, we are. You've had your warning. So you might want to turn it off now, check Crooklyn, and then come back to us. Okay. Instead of a people of color count this week, we're going to do a people of European descent count. Yes. The old POED count. And? I have the two women. I think they were Italian. Oh, yeah, they were Italian. Yeah, I the neighbor, the two wise guy, right? And then I, I could be completely mistaken, and I apologize, but I'm pretty sure that the cop who arrested Vic was a white person. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, too. I, think so. I just when I was thinking, I was like, oh yeah, wait. Because I didn't keep track of it going through. And I was like, ah, there was a cop. I believe. I believe so. So I have people of European descent count at four. Four. Whew. What a nice turn of events that is. Okay, nerd alerts we haven't already spoken of. Okay. Well, so this came out in May 13th, 1994. So... This is what happened in 1994 leading up to that. This is like the first movie, one of the first movies I've been alive for. You had to be young, though, right? (laughs) (laughs) What month? I was about to turn seven. Oh, about to turn seven. Aaron was about to turn 14. Yeah, I was about to turn 14. I was about to say, oh, good to know you're always going to be twice my age, but that never, that only worked out then, I guess. That was the one time in our lives you'll be twice my age. Just add seven. Just add seven. Okay. Nancy Kerrigan was attacked in January. Really? Yes. Yes. That was that. Mm -hmm. Why? Also in January, the six point. That audio clip. Oh, my God. Why? Why? Yeah, and remember, like that was that. This was such a big deal for us. As a seven-year-old, I remember that. Well, mine, I were big into figure skating at the time. Like we knew all the figure skaters. Oh wow! We would watch because it would just we would just randomly be on in the on the weekends and i would be in your room watching it and oh just being so catty and stuff and so we knew all of the players in this and it was huge news to us we're like are you huge news 
But I kept saying, neither of you two have a prayer. Have you seen Oksana by you? Yeah, you were always, that was always the thing with you. You were, you, you did, I don't want to say made fun of, but you always pointed out Tanya Harding's thighs. Oh, I'm sorry, Tanya. But, but you did, but it was more in like, that's why you rooted for her. Yeah, like, oh, that's true, okay. in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like total okay. underdog. Yeah, yeah, because you always picked up on her. Does she have big thighs? She had muscular, like she was muscular. Oh, you need that. That's great. Exactly. Well, the thing right. with Tanya Harding and like why we liked her was you could tell that she was different from the other figure skaters. She, you could tell she was from the wrong side like, of the track. Yeah, she was just, like, had a different background and was just hard scrabble. And, yeah. like, in, you know, in that sport, if it's if there's yeah. a Debbie Thomas there, then the next best thing for me is the hard scrabble. And the, and the French girl who could oh, do the backflip. Oh, Oh, yes, because we loved, we always rooted for her as well. Yeah. I, no, not I was not a Nancy Kerrigan fan. Not so. Oh my gosh, it's going to come to me later. She could do yeah. the flips, and she was yeah. way more athletic than she all was of them. Athletic. But exactly. because of racism, she was yep. never given her due because she was right. so athletic. She would do these flips on and land on one skate. I remember we, like, we looked at each other, we're like, what? <laughs> Like she was <laughs> insane. Yeah. French. Ah, it's yeah. Bother we'll, me. we'll we'll get it. All right. Um the 6.7 Northridge earthquake happened in the Los Angeles metropolitan area. Hmm. 37 um that might be 57 were dead and 8700 injured. Shit. I'm like, oh, "All right, but I I I liked all of these dead is a tragedy, but for an earthquake that big in California, the 57 dead, I did kind of was like, oh, okay. That's yeah. good to know. I'll probably be fine. Back okay. to our French figure skater, Surya Bonali. Yes, Surya Bonali. She was bad. She was so she good. Was Man, okay. that's just okay. one of those. Yeah, just racism. Way to go, guys. Because everyone well, they, knew. they would ding her because she didn't have the... Well, they would make up things to ding her on because she was so wildly athletic that they couldn't athletic, understand. Not the, what is the other one? The artistry. Artistry. Mm. But how is it not art to do a black backflip and land on one skate? I mean... Okay, uh, sorry uh, about the people who died in the earthquake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bill Clinton gave his first State of the Union address. He emphasized health care reform, ban on assault weapons, and welfare reform. So, oh, nothing so we didn't so have crime yeah. right then. <laughs> nice, nice. On February 5th, 1994, Byron Della Beckwith was convicted of the 1963 murder of Medgar Evers. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. This was in 1994 because wow. Medgar Evers was assassinated on, he was shot in the back from across the street by this guy. I believe it was June 12th, 
1963. His family was home and he got shot in the back. He died at the hospital. And there were two trials in 1964 with all white juries because of all of the, um, in Mississippi, the voter suppression and all of the different various shady things that they do to keep black people from being able to vote. And since juries were selected from voter registration, registration. they were two all white juries and they both end in ended in hung juries. And it wasn't until 1994 when a different judge came in and his wife, I believe her name is Merle. Um, she is an activist in her own right and they uncovered extra information, but none of it was the, like all the physical information was all the same. It was the rifle. They had the rifle. It was all that. It was, it's just bullshit. It wasn't because years later that they had people come forward. It was like, yeah, this motherfucker, like every meeting that we have, he's always saying how he killed Meg Gravers. Like he's mm-hmm. just been saying it, just bragging about it at all the clan meetings and the white council committee or whatever the fuck that organization was that he had that was just being racist dicks. So, uh, yeah, 1994 that he was finally convicted. There was a TV movie about that back in the day. Mm-hmm. And a Rob Reiner film, Ghosts of Mississippi. Okay. Um, the Winter Olympics happened in Lillehammer, Norway. Schindler's List won Best Picture at the 66th Academy Awards that were hosted by Whoopi Goldberg. I guess we should do that sometime. I know. I almost picked that one. Of course. That's a rough one. Of course you did, Christine. (laughs) You're on a roll. Wow. Um, Oh, my God. I picked a terrible movie for Adam and I to watch the other night. It was called Your Dog Likes Me More Than You. You think? And Amazon Prime was like, this would be a great movie for you to watch. And that sounds fun, right? right. Let, me, let me guess how and, it ended. Oh, it was, I saw two dogs in the whole film. Oddly enough, it was filmed on the on our route that we take to go to the grocery store. I was like, that's on, that's oh great. Oh my gosh. But it was not about dogs. And this man, there was a very long scene where a guy hung himself and they just showed him in hanging from the, thing and we were watching while we were eating dinner and like adam and i were like yeah no yeah do we stop it and it was only like less than an hour i don't know don't don't watch that movie do you think that it was a thing where the algorithm just saw dog in it absolutely i got a fucking email about it like this is what you should watch oh all on my like instagram thing (laughs) wow Nothing to do with dogs. Wow. Except he was a dog walker. But how are you going to have a movie about a dog walker and I see two dogs the whole movie? Exactly. That's like minimum 10 dogs minimum. You're confusing what the movie's about with the title. The title is an artistic title. I mean, isn't that funny how that happens? Selling point? (laughs) Okay. But that's that's the flaw in their algorithm. And somebody is feverishly behind a keyboard right now figuring out how to fix that. (laughs) Right. How to get you to watch another one without a single dog in it. (laughs) 
Sorry, I keep getting off. It's track. fine. In the April, the Rwandan genocide begins. Oh, shit. <gasps> oh, my God. This <laughs> isn't funny. It was just in this context of. Speaking what else of Schindler's List. Oh, yeah. And another thing. Yeah. Remember how he said never again? Well, it happened again. And mm. also, though, here's some good news. On April 20th, South Africa adapted a new flag. And on April 27th, they held their first fully multi multiracial elections. And on May 10th, Nelson Mandela was sworn in as their president. Yes, hmm. that was a good thing. And so then what they did is they started what it was called the South African Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And they decided that... On December 16th, 1995 would be the inaugural day of reconciliation because that day was important to both the Afrikaners, like European people. And it was also a day that was um, for the Africans there that was significant. And so they rebranded it the day, a day of reconciliation. And so that so Afrikaners are European people of European descent in Africa. Yeah, the white people. OK, they had the apartheid. In South Africa. Yes, yes. And then, so look into that because the South African Truth and Reconciliation Commission, it was a court-like restorative justice body established in South Africa to deal with after the end of apartheid. Ah. And so basically what it made it sound like to me in the most blunt and um, just basic, boiled down bare minimum is like... A festivist, an airing of grievances, mm -hmm. which I mean, this country never had. So. Right, and maybe if we had, we wouldn't be where we are at this moment. Yeah, and it's not too late. So for homework, everyone look up the South African Truth and Reconciliation Commission. It's not without its problems, but of course, there's going to be issues. But it's just an interesting thing of, oh, look what they did to yeah go about it. And then also in May, the channel opened between france and england which it would take 35 minutes to drive no no i'll take the ferry okay and then this happened later in the year but i put it in as a special teeny note on november 7th 1994 the student station wxyc of unc chapel hill provided the world's first internet radio broadcast wow, wow. There Do you, you know go. that I tried to get an internship with, or I tried to work at the radio channel and they um, didn't. Well, fuck them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Ooh. Uh, apologies then. Yeah. I guess I should have checked first. No, I was and then I went on to a bigger and better radio um, channel. Well done. I'm sorry. Mac was just, I saw him in the bathroom in here, like going between the wall and the toilet and I went in there and he was licking a roach trap. Oh <gasps> God. Oh, wow. Oh my God. Like if he dies, I, I that's why. Oh my God. He has a vet appointment tomorrow. He just licked raid. That is so disgusting. Like he just licked poison. He and he was like chowing down. <laughs> I'm sure that he thought it was delicious. I mean, I mean, hopefully he's okay. He'll just grow another growth on his eyeball. Probably. I'm, it's okay, Tommy. 
Well, who yeah. knows how long he's been doing that? <laughs> I know. Like, Sorry. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. I, have more, I have a few more nerd alerts if anybody else has any. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't, mine are all um, tasty nuggets, I believe. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So, you know the scene where when she goes to Virginia and how yes. it was squeezed? Yes. Yes. It I was, wrote that, that was down. on purpose. Yeah. Yes. It was shot on an anamorphic lens to give it a squeezed appearance to mimic the alienated feelings. And a lot of, at the time, a lot of audiences thought, like, what? I forgot about that. I mean, still, yeah. I, not at the time. I was, I was like, I what? Were like, what the hell? That's how I was. What is going on with this? I Why does this look weird? I was listening to a podcast and the guy was like, I kept restarting my PlayStation. So the widescreen, when, okay, you've seen the movies and TV shows and stuff where it has the black bars on the top and bottom. Yes. Something's in widescreen. So yes. anamorphic is when there's a special lens that they put on the camera so it fills up that black space with oh. an image but in order for it to fill the frame when it's projected it needs to have the reverse lens put on the projector so then it fills the entire frame so if you don't have that lens on the projector and you project it that's why it's stretched out because it's filling oh. up the the it was like frame. a fun mirror in a in yeah so that's how they just shot it with that lens and then instead of like having it projected with the correct opposite they just left it so it had that weird squeezed in effect in order to to give us the effect of what troy was going through just feel unease this whole different situation yeah that everything is super weird weird just Weird. weird man so those were my nerd alerts well done Okay, uh, we are two reheatables, where we start with our worst. So, anybody want to go before me? Um, my worst. I mean, stuffing your bra, just having to do that. <laughs> I remember it. Oh, I, I didn't. Oh, my God, if only I still had to think about that. Yeah. And then Con Edison. Oh my God. <laughs> Con Ed. No, they're like, it's a scam. Oh my God. They, our very first bill was so high when we moved and had Con Edison mm-hmm. that I was like, what the hell is going on? We never used this much energy. We didn't even have the air conditioning. We, we don't have air. And it was like March, we didn't use it. And then finally, I got somebody on the phone. And they're like, oh, they've just been doing estimated readings. Yes. And what? So we yes. didn't. I didn't have to pay a bill for the last two months because I overpaid that much. Yes. The first month we lived here, and now every month we go in and we input our, we do our own reading in our basement. Yep. Oh. That's wow. how it was when we first moved to Virginia. Yeah, and so we were doing wash. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, we're just estimating what it is. Oh, no. Come and read the meter. Yeah. Or yeah. like, it's 2020. You still have to go around to every apartment in New York City to get a reading? Yeah. How There's got to be a better way. Somewhere. Wow. That was, and those are my negative. Okay. Well, I have, okay, the cat. 
situation. Yeah. Yes. The I mean, derogatory names. Yeah. Uh, the smoking. Oh, a lot I didn't of smoking. Even the smoking. I didn't either. Wow. The whole. I mean, I guess we could add huffing glue to that, but. Well, yeah. I didn't have that down here because. Better ways to get high. <laughs> um. The good hair, uh, yeah. I mean, in the seventies, that was still a thing. I hope it's not still a thing. I hope, yeah. That's what I had it on my bat as well. That it that 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 how it's it's just because that's what the beauty was. Is that exactly. it was? Oh, your hair because your hair is this texture, which it's more closely European. That makes your hair better. Exactly. And it's, it's the Puerto Rican girl. Her hair was straighter. Uh, yeah, not nappy, as it were. But even but that it's just it's just a different texture. It's just like if you're looking for ways of which there's like the systematic ingrainedness, there yes. is an example. Is because the hair that was deemed to be and look more European was considered to be better, and that's what if you wanted that was considered to be good hair, and that's right. just. It's just that's how those people's hair is. It should like the other kind of hair is just as it should be celebrated just as much. And that's what I exactly. like now is how so many people have that. But that was that was like a thing that was ingrained within black culture and stuff of of that. And people were looked down upon because you had hair like that. But it kind of does make sense because if you're looking at it from that point of view of you know, when you were a slave, and sorry, but it all does go back to slavery. You yeah. couldn't have get your hair done. You know, there weren't no. you weren't getting your hair done. You weren't straightening it or anything. And then to be able to be in a position where you can have straight hair, that's a visual signifier of, well, you know, I'm not in the fields anymore. Some kind of yeah, it's, some kind of status. Yeah, well. a whole status thing. But it's just sad because the status thing had to be built on top of this whole lie because that doesn't have anything like it's cool and beautiful and all hair is beautiful and matters. Right. But especially black, all black hair. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I cover all my bases. <laughs> five kids and a dog in one car. Whew. And you know, those cars didn't have uh, what seatbelts. No seatbelts. Like, she was just in the back of the station wagon. I don't think right, she had a seat. Right. The um the way back. Um how how um the family in the south put down Troy's family like they they weren't raising her right. Um a huge one for me is that this family of 5 could not live on a teacher's salary. Yeah. <laughs> I I what fam I don't understand these people now who have these large families. And yeah. Like you couldn't do that now. <laughs> right. And then there's always Queenie's death. Oh. Queenie's so death. those were my negatives. Mine was yeah, the you know, the F word, the whole thing about good hair. I put this down, but I'm I'm gonna take it off. I said the aspect ratio, but it's just because I think that he does a better job in like in the Five Bloods and other movies because he put in 
maybe if he had like put in bars it was yeah. just so jarring that it was just like that that but it did do exactly what he wanted the effect to be yeah mm-hmm. i read i listened to like to two podcasts about this movie who is she she's a person who can listen to podcasts at work right now <laughs> and <laughs> so i wish they, you could have seen her face <laughs> They were two totally opposite podcasts. One was called The Only Podcast About Movies. And in About Me, it says we're literally the only podcast about movies. So, Mm. Um, And they were pretty critical about the movie overall. They they were like two white dudes. Yeah. And then the other podcast is called Black on Black Cinema. And... They, um, I really liked these guys. It was like three guys and they, I really liked them, but both groups, it was interesting to hear like the differences, but both groups talked about, they were like, I like that he tried it and like he went for it, but like, it didn't really, like people didn't know what was going on. And, like right. it didn't really like work as well as like, it didn't, it didn't go over, you know, that great, yeah. you know, it was like, cool. It's a, and like knowing the reasoning behind it is makes it a little bit. It made me appreciate it more. But I really exactly. thought my I thought my TV was messed up. I had to I pause I and, and go back and rewind it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was messed up. <laughs> what did I take? I don't think I took anything. I don't know. It was what? the glue. <laughs> yeah, now you're on it glue. It was the glue. <laughs> uh. Okay, are we to our positives? We are. Okay. My positive was the love of the family, even though they they quarreled the whole, uh, they were. That was their love language. Yeah, it was, as your love language with your father is very odd as well. Oh, that and, just sounds creepy now. Oh, my gosh. gosh. I mean, their love language, Aaron and, Physical and her violence. dad's love language is about beating each other up. Yeah. Yeah, fist. Yeah, fist. I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch you out when I see you, and that <laughs> means I love. You. Lip. I'm gonna bust um, your lip. And the Afro Sheen commercials. Oh, I yeah. like the Afro Sheen commercials. <laughs> Others? Uh huh. Mine is. The the Knicks won a championship. <laughs> I'm sorry, Knicks fans. You know, I'm a Washington football. Well, I I'm sorry, I retired from that until they changed the name. But um it's not that it won't ever happen. It can happen. But just the fact that like I was watching and I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. Wow. Man, I love their building. Just how, mm-hmm. just how the setup was and all the rooms and stuff. It yeah. reminded me of Fun Rama yeah. in Philadelphia. Yep. Um, Zelda Harris as an actress, she was great. Oh, she was great. She lives out here in on the West Coast. I think she's a teacher. Yeah, she's a teacher now. Mm-hmm. So good for her. She went to Princeton for I don't know, if, like a time. So. Well, God bless you if you're a teacher now. The dinner she made. The mom made Alfre Woodard's character. Man, yeah. that's so delicious. Um, this is a good reheatable, but in a bad way. Of like, Ooh. oh. But then 
wait, did Vic get released from jail or did he go off to jail? Like he got arrested. I think he just like I think he just like got arrested. They oh, probably processed him and he was like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, dude might not have pressed like, charges. You don't need to be arrested to like punch, I punching a guy in the face. I remember but. when they arrested him, my note at the time was, Well, there he goes to go make Tampax. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Thirteenth. Slave labor. RuPaul. I was yeah, like, am I being, true. am I just being assumptionist to think that that's RuPaul or is that, I mean, and as it's going on, I'm like, this person really is fantastic and has such charisma. It's gotta be RuPaul. I mean, it is like, this is why RuPaul yeah. is RuPaul because of yeah. this charisma. Yeah. So then I was, I was Your happy. Uniqueness, nerve and talent. <sighs> exactly. Um, then, so in 1994, this movie came out and what was big on the radio and stuff like Notorious B.I.G. was on and popping. His album had not yet been dropped, but it does get dropped later in the year. And this I remember watching the movie of just being like, wait a second. This doesn't this Brooklyn doesn't look anything like the Brooklyn that I'm hearing about in these rappers and the streets and stuff. So that made me, that's when I first connected and put the dots together and asked some questions and found out about crack and what crack um. did to neighborhoods and stuff. Because Spike Lee said at the beginning he had to teach the kids all those street games, mm -hmm. like hopscotch, mm -hmm. all of them, because they didn't know them because they in those neighborhoods now they're too afraid to go outside and play yep. those games. Yep. Yeah. And he thought that was really sad. And then my my last reheatable is actually my MVP, so I will save it. Okay. Well, my positive reheatables. Um the street planters that they had everywhere, those big street planters, it's like are still everywhere. Like all around our neighborhood. So I was like, well that stayed. The same. Oh, that's cool. Adam wanted me to call out the paper bags for their daily food. The other day, he said, we need to start keeping paper bags so we could put our daily food trash in that and take it outside. And then we were watching the movie, and they were, instead of throwing it in the trash, and sitting inside. And he was like, look, they're using paper bags for their daily scrap. Yeah, oh. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, their non-partitioned apartment. I love their apartment. Like, you know, that building now is cut up into three different. Apartments. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Cle oh, the clean neighborhood signs. There's yes. one on either side of us. Oh, cool. Uh, and they look the same. Just painted on there. I, I said being able to afford a whole damn house in New York City. Yes. Yeah. And this is one of the things that I, wasn't my original idea, but I heard it on that podcast on, um, uh, oh, shoot. Black on Black? Black on Black podcast. Um, and they were like, it was just refreshing to see, like, a movie just about, like, a Black family being Black and not, like, oh. They were like, oh, they had their trouble. Like, they were didn't pay their electricity bill but it wasn't mm -hmm. like i think they were like yeah but it's not like we have to eat like cat food for dinner like, <laughs> exactly you know they were just like a 
family that like nothing really that terrible was going on. They were just like living their lives and like, well, <laughs> until the end. Well, 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 yeah, yeah. but like that, you know, that yeah. yeah, to everybody, like everybody loses a parent. Like cancer, cancer isn't. <laughs> yes, they don't pick a race. I guess I don't know. No. There you go. Basically, yeah. But, basically, everyone fucks cancer. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a black woman and you get a, a a treatable cancer that doesn't get detected early, and then you don't get treated and you die. But yeah, and we that. did <laughs> never find out what kind of cancer it was. So that is, yeah, it's true. true. We probably had a treatable cancer that it would have detected and probably a highly exactly. treatable. Exactly. Okay. We are to quotables. We have done a few. Mm-hmm. I have to go with my favorite of all time, and you know what it <laughs> you is. You know what it is. Troy saying to her aunt, listen, <laughs> my mother hates polyester. She would never let me wear anything like that. Yeah, I wrote that down. I laughed so hard at that <laughs> through tears. Drop the mic. That's <laughs> my mother hates no. polyester. I'm like... Man, don't I know it. <laughs> There's a reason uh, for that, damn it. Okay, those are my quotables. I liked when Troy said to one of her brothers, she just got so mad and she was like, stupid, I hate you, you idiot. <laughs> and then when the mom said, I can't even take a piss without six kids hanging yes. up my fits. Yes, <laughs> yes. Manziel always asks why I don't close the bathroom door. Because it always got opened as soon as I sat down. But you why are, bother? Yeah, because you are a captive audience. You aren't going anywhere. Oh, I yes. had you cornered. Yes. I like, well, you already said, boy, I'll slap the black off you. Yeah. I liked yes. when she said, I'll knock them teeth into tomorrow. Because he yeah. had some teeth on him. When they were all sitting, when the youngest were singing the Partridge Family song, and one of them was like, y'all turn it so white. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. I loved when Uncle Clem, (laughs) it's something happened. Oh, they're they're burying Queenie, and she's just like, I want to go home. And Uncle Clem is just like, Troy, I'll go get your bags. Exactly. I got you. I yeah. understand. Also, can we talk about the scene, that scene where the cousin, he's driving her away and the cousin is running <laughs> beside yeah. the car so slowly. Yes. And it's like they will just like drive away. <laughs> and I'm like, Troy, just wave at her. Just wave at her. You know she had, she went on to have a tough, tough life. Yes. Yes, she did. Yes. Whew. What's the next category? Next category is uh, LVP. Oh, okay. Well, my LVP was actually Uncle Clem, despite his one great line read. I was like, he's he's my he's the least valuable player in this whole thing. Yeah, he, say something. Because I couldn't figure out. I was like, wait, Aunt Song. I was trying to who, and then it's he. Was Mary? He was the brother of Woody, the father, and so oh. Aunt Song. So he picked Aunt Song and brought Aunt Song into the family. Wow. That, that's why he's the LVP. Yeah, true. Well, yeah. he was originally my LVP, 
because I hated her. That's all. Yes. Yeah. But then the animal abuse. Yes. However, the scene with the dog popping out of the couch was pretty funny. Oh my god. And we oh never really god. I never really specified did the girls kill the dog? I think Viola killed her. I think they did. Yeah. Very possibly. My LVP was that a family can't live on a teacher's salary. Yeah. Well, that and the, the obvious one that we have yet to speak of. So now we are to MVPs. What's the obvious one we have? Yeah, seen? what's the obvious one we have? It's <laughs> like two of the three of us don't know, so it's not yeah. that obvious. The mother dies. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. About that. <laughs> well, I okay. Mean, yeah, the, in, in true teeny pick the movie form, there was heavy sobbing over here from me. <laughs> I did need to there take was. an antihistamine to calm uh, the sinuses down. I, I tried so hard not to shed a tear. Even when I saw it coming, it was like, oh my god. Okay. I, because that's the one thing about this movie that I remembered. <laughs> it's like, it, it's a, it's in my mind because it's one of those where it's, I don't rewatch these types of movies because I, I like to be, I like to save that. <laughs> I don't need to be sobbing. You know, I don't need sinuses inflamed right now. A lot going around. I need these bad boys optimum and not irritated. Oh my God. Okay. So MVPs. Okay. Go ahead. Mine was the bodega scene with RuPaul. I just <laughs> loved it. And I thought it was shot so good too. Like she it was like she just like had never seen anything like it. And even <laughs> like I don't know, just like the thought of her like being a kid in Brooklyn who's like out and about all the time. Like this was still something that was like shocking to her. It was like, mm -hmm. holy shit, like what the hell is going on? And like when she was going to pay and she was just like handmade, like <laughs> Putting Whatever. Everything. I, just, I can't there. stop watching. Yeah. Um, another LVP I had that I forgot, and now I'm going to say oh. it is. So after um, the mother isn't around anymore, it's up to the little girl to make dinner for everybody. Nobody else can pitch in, just a girl. Yeah, it's, it's her yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. Okay, my MVP is Troy. I thought she was amazing. Oh, yeah, she was. Mine? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, my MVP, it, it's in tears. So I'll, I'll narrow, because then I'll narrow it down. So I'll start big, and then I'll tears, narrow it down. Tears, not tears. Yeah. T-I-E-R-S, not T-E-A-R-S. Yeah, like a wedding okay. cake. Okay. The soundtrack. Yes. Because I love this soundtrack. And it had such... I can't. I cannot overstate how much of an influence that this soundtrack had on me. Because this, was in, this came out in the spring of 1994. And I was obsessed with it. I loved all the songs on here. It had two volumes on it. Um... Like, the first volume is 
it's got Crooklyn, which was the Crooklyn Dodgers. So it was a rap. But that was like the only new song. Respect Yourself, the Staple Singers, Everyday People, Sly and the Family Stone. Mm-hmm. I got it. This is where I got introduced to the Staple Singers. Sly and the Family Stone, Pusher Man, Curtis Mayfield, Thin Line Between Love and Hate, The Persuaders. Um, El Pinto, I'll Never Go Back to Georgia, Joe Cuba, ABC, Jackson 5, Oh Girl, Shy Lights, Mighty Love, Spinners, Mr. Big Stuff, Gene Smart, Ooh Child, The Five Stair Steps, Past the Peas, The JBs, who are James Brown's band. The Time Has Come Today, The Chamber Brothers, People Make the World Go Round, Mark Dorsey. Then you have Volume 2, People Make the World Go Round, The Stylistics, Sign Seal Delivered, Stevie Wonder, Bra, Cinemade. I'm stone in love with you. The stylistics. Everybody's a star slide in the family stone. Never can uh-huh. say goodbye. Jackson five soul power. James Brown. Soul Makusa. Man. Manu. Debang. Debango. La 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 means I love you. The Delphonics. Puerto Rico. Uh, Shaft by Isaac Hayes. Tears of a clown. Smokey Robinson. The miracles. I can see clearing now. Johnny Cash. I mean, Johnny Nash. But Specifically, my MVP is National Treasure, member of the Staple Singers, Mavis Staples, and I'll Take You There. I was so obsessed with the song. I mean, my dad teach me the bass line of this, and that's where I learned about change-ups and chord structures, and Mavis Staples is still making great music, and it has a great voice. Spotify her. And then in the fall, that's when the Beatles anthology came out and I got into the Beatles. And then from there, the Rolling Stones. So when I was like 14 and 15, I lived for Motown Mondays on Oldies 100. I and it was because of like hearing the songs in this. I'm like, wait, what is that? What is this? What is this? And it was also around the same time, like Pulp Fiction and that soundtrack came out with all of these like now everybody knows them but at the time they were hits the like my you would probably be like oh i kind of remember that song but it wasn't like a huge hit and stuff so that's where i like i just got into all the oldies and all the great songs and you hear them and like they still bang i remember when you thought that i had made up the song you can't always get what you want (laughs) yes i mean if there's anybody that's gonna make up a song it's well, it would probably be my dad. <laughs> yeah, he would. You... Like somebody wrote that song for moms and dads like you. Oh, a lot of the Rolling Stones, a lot of their catalog got sung to us. Yeah. Time is on my side. Like instead of her Alfre Warder like yelling at him to eat the peas, my mom would have just busted into Time is on my side. Meaning she's got enough time. She's not Who going anywhere. That song about being in love with your teacher young teacher oh oh no young teacher <laughs> Was your parents singing that to you <laughs> where is this going Dee? Dee? <laughs> oh oh do we need an intervention i think it's don't stand so close to me oh that's the police don't stand. Yes. Don't yes. stand. No, it starts with young teacher, the subject of yes. schoolgirl fantasy. Yes. Yes. My same sixth grade teacher who yelled at me for sniffing white out, Mr. Satink, 
my dad would always blame me for having a crush on him, which I did not. And he would sing that song to me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's great. I love that. You know, Tim and I are very much alike. That's hilarious. We are. Oh, to this day, it makes me mad. <laughs> that, you would, yeah. that song. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that's pretty oh. Okay, our next category is recasting, and I did not do a no. recasting. I didn't yeah. see any reason to recast Well, this. buckle in, everyone. I did. <laughs> Ruh-roh. Okay, so this recasting, it's going to, I hope that you've been drinking with us a little bit because it's going <laughs> to need you to to kind of apply some weird Aaron brain logic into this. But Oh, watch out. Oh, man, it really made, it really made me laugh to think about it. Okay. So this, you're, you're kind of imagining, like you're taking Crooklyn, the movie, and then you're going to put these kind of characters in it. So it's basically like you're making a Spike Lee movie, but then these characters are going to occupy it. And it's going to it's going to be weird. Watch out. <laughs> yeah, be weird. This, is, this is what I've lived with for many years. OK, so as the mom, I picture Vivian Lee Scarlett O'Hara. Wow. Right? Okay. <laughs> just root just just and but she's in Brooklyn in Bed-Stuy in 1973. Okay. And then you have Fred McMurtry as the dad. Fred Mc wait, McMurray. Yeah, the, McMurray. The dad from My Three Sons. Yeah. Okay. Him. He's the dad. And then wow. as Troy, you have Tommy Kirk from Old Yeller, the boy in Old Yeller, he's Troy. The, the oldest boy? Yeah. He's okay. Troy. And then I flipped it so that then all his brother, like, because it's brothers, but sisters. sisters. So it's all the female sisters from The Sound of Music. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a movie. Wait, what were you smoking? <laughs> that was... That was that's what the glue will do to you. That is actually glue will do to you. No, you know what I made? I made a um, it was a mart, not a martini, a margarita, a kamikaze because I had vodka, and I put like three slices of jalapenos in it. Okay, Vivian Lee, Fred McMurray, dude from Old Yeller, yeah. and all the girls from The Sound of Music. In like. As how they are, and you throw them in that brownstone in Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy, 1973. Vic is still living above them, and you just let the cameras roll. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine, like, how long, what's the over-under of Scarlett O'Hara's brain exploding? Really? Like. <laughs> yeah, because she would want to be in total control, uh -huh. as was Alfred Woodard. But no. And not. And Fred McMurray would want to keep everybody happy. And he's trying to play jazz, and they're and they're like, nobody's looking for you, my yeah. my white guy in your jazz thing. Look at yeah. you in your little suit. Because the girls are all singing, Joe, a deer, a female <laughs> yes, deer. Yes, yes, yes. 
yeah <laughs> just all crazy okay and then my other ca- my other recasting was kind of oh. going in the opposite direction because i thought that zelda harris was phenomenal and fantastic and i thought i immediately thought of like oh what if spike lee had done a remake of a film that i'm sure i don't know if we've done but i'm sure we're good did we do paper moon we have not because that's one of my all-time favorite films yes. so zelda harris in the tatum o'neill character as Addie oh, in paper Moon. yes i was like wow she would have been fantastic then also another movie that came out in 1994 that i loved and she could have easily been in it and fantastic little giants the foot the peewee yes. football movie she would have been yes. great in that also yes. recast her in home alone <gasps> I mean, wow. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The language that would come out of her mm-hmm. mouth. So I, I don't know what kind, like, Alfred Woodard had a quote in her Wikipedia page, and I'm probably going to butcher it. But when she went to Hollywood, everybody's like, why are you going to Hollywood? There's no, like, there aren't any roles for you and stuff. And, she basically said, like, yeah, I wasn't naive, but I was also very confident in my craft because she mm-hmm. was like Delroy Lindo as well. They are theater trained actors and actors, I guess right. is the thing. Like they they're all actors. actors. And yeah, she. Yeah. I mean, she was like, yeah, I know I got this stacked against me, but I. I'm the shit. (laughs) I got this. I'm I'm gonna be all right. I mean, she should be heaped in praise and be dripping with gold statuettes and everything. But she is national treasure. Yes, agreed. Okay, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Tasty nuggets. Now I know that I have. Um, I have two that have already been mentioned, and then I only have one more. So my one more is Delroy Lindo was intimidated to work with children. He'd never worked with children before. And he didn't have kids of his own yet. Exactly. So um, I know Christine is going to give us quite a few. Well, I just have one then, because you said all of mine. So I'll just go real quick. That Zelda Harris... She had to go on like nine auditions before she got the part. They just kept really? following her back. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. It w- it was a a bunch of auditions, and then one day Spike Lee was there, and she knew who he was, but she thought that she had to you know maintain and be like professional and stuff. So she went up to him, you know, shook his hand, introduced herself, was like, "Oh, I know who you are," and blah blah blah. And then after that, she went back and completely ignored him because she wanted it to show that she could, she knew how to block out and focus and concentrate on the work. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, how old was she? Anybody oh, I don't know. Either. She, I can't believe she didn't nail it the first time because she was perfect. Well, they had, it was a wide, it was a complete open yeah. audition, like yeah. we mentioned before. So it, they were just taking in everybody and she just kept making that cut and making yeah. the cut. Yeah, she's amazing. 
Okay, Christine. Okay. Well, um, I'm sorry if anybody already knew this, but as a novice film person, I did not. So I believe this was in 2017. Yes. Okay. The New York City started one, did something called One Film, One New York which is a citywide campaign to unite New Yorkers around one great film, like about New York city. Um, it was a partnership with the mayor's office of media and entertainment and the New York times. So they basically, I've watched a, um, like a YouTube interview with, um, AO Scott, who was, who's a, like a chief film critic mm -hmm. and they ended up interviewing, Spike Lee, but they said like when they first sat down, her and somebody else, they had like a list of like 200 films about New York. And like, it was like, what is a film about New York City that everybody, it was basically a movie everybody in New York would watch together. Um, so during the month of August, 2017, New Yorkers were invited to decide which of these films would unite the city for simultaneous free screenings on September 13th. So they like narrowed it down to five films to choose from, which were Crooklyn, On the Town, New York, New York, Desperately Seeking Susan, and The Wedding Bouquet, The Wedding Banquet. And they chose on Crooklyn. Mm -hmm. Yay! It had to be a family-friendly film. So that's why mm -hmm. <laughs> like, Goodfellas and all those are like, nah, right, we, have right. to, we have to screen it. Well, I had never heard of that, and we were mm -hmm. living here. Yeah. yeah, and they they in all five boroughs they, um, like the park that there's a scene in. That's where they showed it, mm -hmm. and at the same time in all five boroughs. Oh, cool! So that's where like a lot of yeah, and they were talking about how like going to movies is so expensive. So they wanted it, I guess, for family friendly. They wanted it to be something everybody could access. Um, so then I they interviewed Spike Lee for this like. Thing about that and um he talked about like how it was based on his life growing up and he said in 1968 his parents bought their brownstone in Bedsty or in fort green i'm sorry the movie takes place in bedstuy but it's he grew up in fort green and they bought their brownstone for forty thousand dollars Wow. wow. And I I was like browsing. Uh, I mean, it's hard to find like a full house there now anyway. It's like all apartments, but you it, it's like one and a half million dollars minimum. Wow. Um, and they were like asking him about the casting and he was like, oh, well, like with adult actors, like, you know what you're getting. Like when they knew what they were getting at that. So it was the kids that were like the most important. We talked about that. Um. Oh, I'm trying to make sure we didn't. Oh, okay. So the scene, we talked about them going down south a little bit, but we said like um, when he went to his grandparents' house, I think it was in Atlanta, somewhere in Georgia. He said that when he was a kid, like Afros hadn't been introduced to the south yet. Oh, so like wow. he came down there and had an Afro and like everyone was looking at him all crazy. And his like that was the first thing his grandfather did was like take him to the barber shop to shave his head. Yeah. Yeah, just like the first thing Aunt Song mm -hmm. did was hot, hot press her hair. Yeah, yeah with mm -hmm. the hot coal. Uh, and then 
19, the year 1973 is when it takes place, but it's not listed anywhere in the film. Right. But they figured it out because of the Knicks. Well, two things. The Knicks won the championship game, and they only won in 70 and 73. And then Soul Train wasn't around, which came out in 71. So that's how right. they figured it out. Right. I remember Soul Train. So I remember Soul Train. Soul Train. And that was my... Well done, Christine. Nice. So that is the movie Crooklyn. We hope you enjoyed. We enjoyed watching it. And next week, Erin? Next week, we have a film that I don't know if I, I... I'm guessing I saw it, but... It's a comedy... It's mm. from 1987. Oh. That year I was born. Oh, it's on Amazon Prime. Oh. Available for streaming. It is a comedy. It's a, I believe it's also like a satire of the film industry. No guesses? Satire of the film, film industry. industry. Satires, I think, of Mel Brooks. I'm just going to tell you because I don't think you're going to get it. I'm not going to. Robert Townsend's film, Hollywood Shuffle. <gasps> I remember Hollywood Shuffle. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Yes. I, I know the trailer I've seen it. And I'm like, could- oh, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you a thing about he it. Make, he was like, he was kind of what I wanted to do. He would make his own comedy movies and stuff. And so I remember always hearing about Hollywood Shuffle, but seeing his other movies like Meteor Man and other things. So I'm, I heard that. Was that a burp? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, and he made this face as he walked by. <laughs> yes, Adam, that was quite loud. That was quite loud. <laughs> oh, hilarious! Yeah. So next week we're gonna we're gonna go into um, uh, I I believe that the movie we're gonna be like, wow, not a lot has changed since oh, 1987. Okay. But maybe hopefully, and it's a it's a satire and a comedy, it's supposed to be. So excellent. We could use some humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although we bring humor to everything. Exactly. Well, listeners, next week is Hollywood Shuffle. We hope you enjoyed this week of Crooklyn. Well, there you go. There you go. Bye. Bye.